This is the Helena Hancock Podcast, episode 46. This week, Brown drops jacket. I hope there's more to it than that. Pope becomes art critic and unlikely pinups make headlines. Podcasting live from London, this is Gary, Patrick and Heather. This week, feeling sorry for a cheeky girl. Yeah. Yeah. Gary, I hope you weren't suggesting that Gordon Brown should strip more off than Jack. (laughs) There's only so much the country can take. It sounds a bit like like a specialist porn. (laughs) He's already screwing us over metaphorically. (laughs) Very quick. The country needs something to cheer us up, so that just might do it. Or send us over the edge, one of the two. Good grief. If, if Gordon Brown stripping off cheers you up, you need psychiatric help. <laughs> well, he's never done it, so I can't tell. Uh, <laughs> Keep your options open, exactly. as my parents used to say. <laughs> so last year it was Southwold, this year it's the Lake District. Gordon Brown has been urged to ditch the casual beige jacket that became his trademark outfit during last summer's break. It I mean, was... just the phrase, casual beige jacket. Yeah. You know, I mean, really. <laughs> oh, but, you know, th- these politicians, they can't win, can they? Because if they holiday abroad, they're accused of dissing the country. Yeah. If they holiday at home, they're accused of being unadventurous and insular. Yeah. And then, you know, if they, if they you know, you, I mean, not heaven forbid that we see Gordon Brown in a T-shirt and swimming trunks. But, you know, if they dress like that, you know, it's all over the papers and they're looking ridiculous. And if they wear jeans, it's not serious and you know I don't know maybe you should just go to a nude beach can you imagine though if there was photographs of him in a pair of little speedos oh god I've just eaten (laughs) me too I'm feeling a bit ill there's a line Heather there is a line (laughs) (laughs) sorry Gordon Brown in his red speedos (laughs) red for labour oh oh, god yes they would be too wouldn't they showing his rose tattoo on his hip (laughs) just ensuring no one will ever vote for them again it would put off their last 10 voters (laughs) I, I, I agree with you though I think that um I felt very sorry for him last year, actually, with that beige jacket incident. Because <laughs> I, I just think, you know, beige as you said, eight. yeah, he can't do beige jacket gate. <laughs> he just can't win, can he? No matter what he does, and and you know, in a way, like if I like anything about Gordon Brown, one of the things I quite like is that he's a bit grumpy. He's not kind of fake charisma and sort of fake smiliness and <laughs> not disingenuous. <referring> to <laughs> No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, so I think let him be the way he is. Stop trying to sex him up, like you know th- that YouTube thing as well. And it was just embarrassing that sort of. And he has that really that means he's down with the kids. He understands our needs. <laughs> Oh dear, yeah. Because there's all this rebranding, isn't it? That's going on for him. All this rebranding. Maybe it's <laughs> going to have to be a, a pretty good rebrander to, you know, to make Gordon Brown look good. I tell you what, David Cameron will have to do something pretty shocking. Yeah. What do like... you think he could do to make Gordon Brown look good? Wow. <laughs> that is a question indeed. Yeah, write in and tell us if you've got that. <laughs> it would have to be something pretty shocking, I think. Although, you know, I saw him being interviewed. He was on Andrew Marr, wasn't he, on Sunday? Oh, actually, you weren't around, were you, Gary? So you couldn't see it. No, but I didn't see it. 
you know, and I just thought, oh, he's just, I find David Cameron just excruciating. I don't, I, I see, I don't think I can bear the thought of him being Prime Minister for four or five years. Well, it's definitely the case of, you know, the government is losing rather than David Cameron's winning, isn't he? He's so insipid. Oh, yes, it's painful. Mm. Oppositions don't win elections. Very true, Gary, very true. Oh. You were paying attention in O-level politics. <laughs> or episode 34, um, <laughs> when you probably said it last. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't know. How, how can you PR somebody that isn't PRable? How can you sex somebody up that, you know, really doesn't have anything sexy about them whatsoever? It's, it's, it, it does seem, as we've said, time and time and time and time again, uh, they're on a bit of a hiding to nothing. See, really. I think what he should do, you know, he knows he's lost. You know, he must be living in fantasy land if he doesn't know he's lost. Which, you know, I'm not ruling out. But, um, but um, so what he should do, you know, he should take a leaf out of Prince Philip's book. Prince Philip speaks his mind, says things. Everyone loves him, you know. See, I agree. That's exactly what I think. I think it'd be great if Gordon Brown just turned into Victor Meldrew. Yeah. That would be just, just fantastic. Just told a few pressure groups that they were idiots and should get a grip. <laughs> And you know, uh, you know all this sort of thing. Which is what yeah, and he's yeah. he's halfway there, isn't he? So mm. if he just starts going, I don't believe it on a regular <laughs> basis, you know, and just sort of ranting at people and just being really, really grumpy and upping his Scottish accent to make it sound even you know grumpier. And I just I just think that would be brilliant. And I think that he might actually start you know winning people over as well if he sort of was true to himself and just yeah. Why not? I mean, you know, it, it is. It's funny because the beige jacket thing. Um, I was watching again. I think it was on Andrew Marr. Um, and yeah, you've got to get a better Sunday. I know. It's like I've got to get a life on a Sunday. I keep having to quote Andrew Marr. But they were saying, you know, when you think of what Berlusconi gets away with, and uh, you know, this latest thing of Berlusconi's where this. this Could you um, imagine Gordon Brown sharing a shower with a prostitute after having hot sex in Putin's bed? <laughs> Well, exactly. I mean, and the fact that that, that prostitute recorded yeah. the perfect sex, and that that's been broadcast, you know, and you just think... Yeah, but just, I mean, Berlusconi, he's wonderfully shameless, and his approval rating's 58%. Exactly, yeah. So it's like these kind of shameless people like Berlusconi and um, Sarkozy are just sort of getting away with it and the public are loving it and, you know, they're spending money on, uh, you know... <laughs> I mean, just imagine Gordon Brown marrying Chrissy Hind or someone like that, which is sort of what, um, you know, what's the name, um, Gordon Brown... Oh, no, but Sarkozy's done. So what, well, you, Carl, what you're really Carl suggesting is, is that... Is, is, uh, is the equivalent of kind of marrying Kira Knightley, I think, but, but why not marry um, someone like... Like Chrissy Hind or or like Marion Faithful or something like that. <laughs> that would be really cool, wouldn't it? Like some sort of Could you imagine? <laughs> Doesn't be thinking about. <laughs> so what you're suggesting basically is that instead of denying everything, which is what our current government do, they should just say, Yes, we did everything, just hold their hands up and admit to everything and yes. then approval ratings will go through the roof. Um yes. uh, or alternatively, what they could do is, um, and this is this has worked for maybe not governments, but it's worked for TV shows in the past. Uh, you could get Trevor McDonald on on the on the news at ten to to announce that the country's been asleep for the last eighteen months, and the good news is um, that Anthony uh, <laughs> Blair is still prime minister. Oh, dear, yeah, it was all a dream. Nice. It was all a dream. 
yeah. including the brown jacket. You yeah, dreamt it. It was you. Right. Tony Is Blair was in the shower. Huh? No. Donald dead. He must be about five hundred no. by now. No. Uh, he's not that old. <laughs> Poor old Trevor McDonald. <laughs> he's not going to tell you that much, but he. Uh, he <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd, yeah, I'd rather have him announce that there's some young gun on the BBC because they've <laughs> anyone who's, who's at all mature. Yeah, you heard it here first. Trevor MacDonald, not dead. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, oh, yes, the BBC's all full of young people these days. I want Arlene Phillips back. I heard apparently, yes. apparently 7,000 people have signed an online petition. Oh. Wow. Well, Arlene Phillips could start reading the news and then she could make the big announcement. <laughs> about about it all being a dream. It's quite a good idea, Gary. I cool like so. it. Yeah. If you could, if we can work out a way to go outside um, the atmosphere and turn the world back so that we can reverse time, then that You've would been be the perfect. Lost, haven't you? Yeah. No, I haven't. I have no idea what ha- has happened in North. Neither do I, and I've been watching every episode. <laughs> I gave up with that some time ago. I did. I gave up in season three, I think. No, I've, I've, I've given so much of my life to that program. It's got to give me something back. I'll be very... I'll be galled if there are no answers at all at the end of the last series. I suspect there won't be. It'll be I like The Prisoner. Right, or, or it will turn out to be all someone's dream. You yeah. Know, which will... Which will you know, I think I'll, I'll burst a blood vessel. <laughs> Bobby Ewing will come out of the shower. Yeah. <laughs> Just tell you it was his dream all along. Oh. I, I I I decided that it wasn't worth uh, investing any more of my life in. It just it, it's, they're just going to make up some crappy ending on that show. I don't actually think that when they started it, they knew how it was going to end or really why these people were there. Well, that's so, not what they say. They do say it's all worked out in their heads, don't they? Hmm. I don't trust it though. I don't trust it because if it had gone well, if the ratings had continued to go up, there'd be another series, and they'd be yeah. making, they'd be making more stuff up. But because the ratings have gone down, they have they to cut end it. it. Short. Yeah. But no, they did. They did say that um, about two years ago there were only going to be two more series. It was announced yeah. some time ago. Yeah. Okay. Well, I stand corrected. No, no, but they said that because it didn't do as well as it had started out. And so they decided to cut it short because they were originally going to do seven or whatever it was, seven oh, years, Oh, that's right. You're, you're right, actually. You're yeah. Right that they were. Yeah, I can't were. believe that I remember stupid things like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll forget some important um, appointment or meeting or something, but I'll remember what they said about Lost a few years ago. <laughs> Uh, that must be why everything's going so quickly at the moment. Yeah, so it's it's rocketing along at a at a great pace. The last yeah. series. So, yeah. I like the way we've segued from Gordon Brown's jacket into <laughs> Lost. Oh, Gordon <laughs> Brown just makes you despair as much as watching Lost does. Oh. Okay, good connection there. Yes. Yeah. And another another side. You would never make it to the beach though. <laughs> Southwold. Uh-huh. He made it to Southwold. I suppose, yeah, and he could wear the jacket on Lost, couldn't he? Yeah, that would be a great episode. Gordon Brown (laughs) stumbling around. Gets dropped in. Yeah, but knowing his luck, could get eaten by the polar bear in the second episode, and that would be the end. (laughs) Thin. (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, 
Yeah, the whole the whole thing about um, Gordon Brown's uh, uh, premiership being some kind of dream is all a little bit Orwellian. Um, and I saw a great story this week, and, and talk about um, sort of Ministry of Truth stuff. Um, apparently, in the US, have you heard of these like um, e-readers? You know, like so instead of reading a book, you read it on this like electronic paper. Have you seen those? Yeah, I saw someone on the train with one of them. They've got one in the US called uh, a Kindle, which Amazon sell. It's not available yeah. in, in the UK. Um, and quite a lot of people bought some Orwell books on yeah. online, and, and then Amazon realised they didn't have the rights secured. They thought they did, and because it's all electronic and the Kindle thing is online, they were able to press a button at Amazon HQ, send a signal to everybody who had ever bought this book, and zap it from their Kindle. Oh, <gasps> good grief! <laughs> that is really creepy. It's a bit like, you know, you go into uh, Waterstones and buy a book for a fiver, take it home, and then then realise, ooh, you know what, uh, we weren't supposed to sell Patrick that book, and they sneak into your house at night and leave five pounds on your bedside table. <laughs> <laughs> so Amazon, presumably, yeah, so they, they credited people with the money. Yes. And just zapped the books off. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Ooh. Scary stuff. They have actually subsequently said they're not going to do it again. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't mean make it right. They did it already. Well, why well, did they decide the rights for the books? And they refunded people. You yeah, know, who's no one's lost. The law's been. No, but, but wouldn't you just negotiate the book rights and then say, "Oops, sorry, we made it." Well, you'd think, really, <laughs> yeah, you'd that think. would be the ideal thing. Um, yeah, but because uh, there's no way that the estate of George Orwell isn't going to want to sell the books. You know, they're not going to say, "Oh no, we don't, we don't want to give you the rights because you can't give us money." Sorry, but it, but it is scary that you can sort of buy an electronic device and you can buy things for it, and then at the whim of a third party, whatever it is you think you've got, as it can be taken away in a heartbeat mm. I don't like that no no it's weird oh just buy, buy a proper book then people <coughs> there you go I have to say I kind of like the idea of this mm. but anyway I'll have to see it I haven't seen quite what size it a is book's a piece of technology you just can't improve on I agree with you but the, but there's something quite appealing about the fact that you could have this little device in your bag on the tube or whatever and just think actually I'm you know I'm at page 10 of the latest book I'm reading I'm really bored with it let me go to this other book that I, do you know what I mean where if you've got it in your bag and that's the book you've got and it just yeah I quite like the idea that you could just flick through and choose and, a book and I've seen but the size of, and I've seen the size of some of the books you read Patrick just imagine if you could have that great big volume on a nice little portable device how great would that be it would kill my eyes no, no, they. Well, I presume that it's like a laptop where you can expand the text. Well, you can have you I've, can have expanded text, and it's not like looking at a, like a, a like a laptop screen. It's like the old like LCD display, so it's kind of like black text on a nice background. It's all done to make it very pleasant for, as a reading experience. You see, mm. yeah, cause a lot of books mm. kill my eyes. I find a lot of books the text is too small, so it probably appeals to me. <laughs> I with the big font. <laughs> well, I remain unconvinced. You can't hate everything uh, Patrick I mean it, it's uh, yes he can and he will <laughs> if it was invented since 1940 I don't want to know about it I actually like having books on a bookshelf so that would be one th although I suspect that what I would probably do is if I absolutely love something is go and buy 
the book because that's the other thing is that often you buy books and they end up being a bit trashy and you just give them to a charity shop um, and this way at least you would be able to just delete things that you weren't interested in reading that's again that's madness why would you do that you've bought it already you've got it on electronic form you can read it anytime you like why, why do you need the cover to be showing out on your bookshelf you're just showing off aren't you I just like having the book if I really love something I like to have it it's making a statement, Gary. It's nice having bookshelves full of books. Yeah. Hmm. So is, I guess in the, you also think that it's great having a CD shelf full of CDs as well. Well, oh, no, that's okay. No, that's, that's the irony there. Of course, I buy stuff on iTunes, and I really hate having to buy CDs. Now. It's the same thing. <laughs> I know. I don't. Yeah, that's true. You're right. <sighs> it's like the doctor and the dentist the dentist's trade and comes to the back door and a shelf of CDs is the dentist of the display world. <laughs> oh, oh, very good. I don't get that. <laughs> it's all right, Don't Gary. worry, I was insulting you. Carry okay, on. That's fine. Uh, Pope Benedict believes the stunt would not have been contemplated with a copy of the Quran. Apparently, he's attacked Glasgow Art Gallery's invitation to vandalise a Bible. The Pope has condemned a disgusting taxpayer-funded exhibition in which visitors are urged to deface the Bible. Visitors were offered pens by gallery bosses so they could scrawl comments on the text, leading to a host of puerile and obscene <laughs> remarks. That couldn't have been foreseen. <laughs> um, but, so, no, I mean, much as it galls me, I'm going to have to say I agree with the Pope. I agree with the Pope. Can you imagine? Oh, the I'm first going to go and myself now. So. <laughs> but, you know, he, what he's right about is that they would never have done it with the Quran because then they would have been blown up by some... Or, or with, yes, or with the Bhagavad Gita or whatever, you know, the Hindu text or... Sorry, I've, got, I've just like, got it completely mungled, bungled the words. And they should have done it with all of them. Well done to those people who wrote rude comments in it, by the way. I, I... No, you see, I don't agree with that. I think, I mean, firstly, I think they would never have done it with any other text and they wouldn't have stuck, like, you know, one of the, the Dalai Lama's books there and said, oh, to face well, they should this. have. He's a horrific no. human being. But... But it's defacing books, and I just don't agree with it. I just don't think – I mean, even if they'd put a Jane Austen novel there, I would have been horrified. You know, you don't – defacing book is not art. How does that – how not, is not, that They're not art? doing it with your books, Heather. They're not coming to your house and taking the ones off your lovely shelf and defacing your books. They've, they've bought <laughs> does, their own does, copy. Does that count even if it was a, even if it was, um, a good news Bible? Yeah. Well, you know, maybe not. <laughs> no, no, but the dentist you know, again. <laughs> it's the dentist again. But don't you think, though, that if... OK, fair enough, Gary. If they said, OK, here's some copies of the Bible and you have to pay us a tenner because that's how much they cost. So buy the Bible. It's your own copy. Now you can, you know, get a felt-tip pen and deface it. Fair enough, because it's your own thing and you can burn it if you want. I mean, again, I don't agree with books being burnt either. But you can do Why? what you like. If I buy one, I can do whatever I want with it. No, no, of course you can. I just don't like. I just don't like the implications of that and the sort of you know the 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 provenance of, of burning books and things. But but I think. Um, huh. Sorry, I'm just being silly. Go ahead. You're making a point. Yeah. No, that's my point. Really, is that I just I don't like the symbolism of what they did. I don't, and that's where I also agree with the Pope. I just I don't think it's art. You see. But then you know, who am I to know? 
Yeah. What is art? What is art, hey? <laughs> <laughs> oh, surely uh, those people in the Glasgow Gallery know much better than you, Heather. But know exactly. your place. Know your place. Know people your limits. People that wrote obscenities across the Bible. Do you not have to do it and then look at it to figure out whether it's art or not? Because if you ag- agree with that, then... You, you're right and if you disagree you're wrong because if you got a great painting of years gone by and it was just a black canvas and it was like some artist from way back um, you know one of those loser artists one of those from loser the olden artists. days yeah. what like Michelangelo or someone yeah yeah, yeah. You know. Leonardo da Vinci yeah go on mm. yeah that crap yeah <laughs> some of that stuff in those lovely galleries um, and they actually didn't paint it you couldn't say whether it was art or not. So if if you if if they never actually scrawled on this Bible and you weren't actually able to look at it, um, I oh, had a Gary, I, I like that. Oh, that's good. That's good. Gary, yeah. that's very Descartes of you. <laughs> Gary expounds <laughs> Cartesian philosophy. Yes. I'm going home to read my copy of Borges's Labyrinth. Now. <laughs> yes, <for> God's sake. <laughs> oh. But you can't answer it, can you? Heather. No, because it's a rhetorical question. What? No, it wasn't a rhetorical question. It, it was is a rhetorical question. question. It's rhetorical. It has to be. Oh, anger. Okay. Controversial. How is it, no, no, how is no, it rhetorical? I mean, it's rhetorical I... because if it didn't happen, then it never happened. Right. So what I'm saying is in order for us to judge whether it's art, we actually have to do it. It has to have happened. Yes. That's just madness. <laughs> 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 the world's really gone to hell man. <laughs> oh dear, my head's hurting now. <laughs> you'll be you'll be saying next. Can we talk about some prejudices again? What? Can we talk about my prejudices again? <laughs> yeah. That was easier. I'm surely you've got prejudices. I mean, the thing is, okay, if I didn't make my bed this morning, now that's art because I could win the Turner Prize with an unmade bed. Tracy Emmons. However, I'm the only person that's that's viewed the unmade bed. So does that make it art or not? Oh goodness me! <laughs> you started it. <laughs> I, so, somebody's going to bring up the whole tree falling in the woods thing in a minute. And uh, I'm going to leave. Exactly. <laughs> the tree, the the tree falling in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> the tree falling in the woods was at the back of my mind. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Like I said, it's, uh, it's Descartes all over again. Talking of things which are ludicrously not art, the people's plinth. Yes. <laughs> I love the people's plinth. I love the people's plinth. Have you been you watching see? it? Yeah, bit, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's on one of those funny channels, isn't it? No, I actually went and saw it for real the other day. Oh, no, sorry, I've not seen it on telly. I've watched it at, yeah, at Trafalgar Square. It's online, though, isn't it, as well? Is it? Oh, is it? Oh, everything's yeah. online these days. Yeah. Have you I, saw, I saw one, one, one silly woman tonight. Wants her, she's going up there because she wants an hour to herself. She's going to read a book. Well, she's going to read David Tennant's memoirs. Not even going to read a good book. Oh, no. So she's reading a celebrity autobiography. Yeah. <laughs> one of our, our well-known rants. You see, we should have got Clint. Can you believe Dawn French is still number two in the bestseller <laughs> lists? She's only knocked off the top by Michael Jackson. Hey, we're back to Patrick's prejudices, yay. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I thought, oh my, you know, what does it take to stop Don French selling books? <laughs> you see, I think um, I think Anthony Gormley's rather wonderful. I like him. So there it's you like, go. What an art that I enjoy. It's just, um, you know, it is full of nutters, but you know, it reflects our society, really, doesn't it? 
I, I, I would imagine the reason she took um, a celebrity biography onto the plinth was she's wanted something that she knew she'd be able to sensibly achieve in an hour. You have no problem Ooh. getting through that in, in like <laughs> less than sixty minutes. I was actually thinking she might like you know, be a bit deluded and think that you know she's on the plinth. <laughs> <laughs> of course, she's going to be deluded. <laughs> now we should have gone on the plinth. Well, there's still spaces and broadcast live <laughs> with a microphone. Are you allowed to do that, though? You're not allowed to... They seem to just either dance or stand there or hold things. I, I've not heard anyone actually saying anything. Hmm. Oh, no, I think... Didn't someone go up there with a megaphone? Yes, I had a town crier on. I read about it. OK. Oh, um, I've got a day in the life of the plinth here, and 11 o'clock in this particular day here, it says, Gary, who's a retired biology teacher from Yorkshire, said, I'm it's going you. to busk and talk about the plight of people from... Madagascar. Oh gosh, that's, that's a um, a topic with widespread appeal. I'm sure. <laughs> He's talking about apologies Dal. to any listeners in Madagascar. We love you. Really. <laughs> He's raising money for them. Tomo, who's a photographer f- from London, said, "I will be using the hour to shoot people. Maybe something else will happen to." I assume he means take pictures of them. <laughs> Otherwise, he's not going to be on the plinth for long. Do you think they let them up there with <laughs> with a big gun? <laughs> Oh dear! Good, good for you, Tomo. Good on you, mate. You know, it's interesting because they're mainly. Um, they're, I'd say they're no, they're mainly nutters. Yeah, they're mainly men, aren't they? Elizabeth, oh, who's a student from the northeast, said, "I'm not quite sure what I'll do on the plinth, but one thing's for sure: I will definitely take my digital camera up to record my experience." Oh, isn't doesn't that sum up modern society? No <laughs> idea of what she's doing. No, but she's going to film it. So it'll be kicking around forever. You sort of your vacuous meanderings on top of the plinth. Oh, I'm not going like to do anything, God. but I need to have it on film. That's basically yes. what she's saying. I saw oh. when I, the day I went, there was a woman doing this kind of uh, interpretive dancing. <laughs> she had like this sort of flowery skirt on, and it was the kind of thing you would do if you were just in your sitting room and being a bit mental. You know, some music came on or something. You just sort of did this dancing around your sitting room that you would never ever expect anyone to see. And she was up on the plinth doing it. It was very amusing. <laughs> oh. oh dear! What? What? <laughs> Words so we should sailing. go up there and talk about how the world's going to hell in a handcart. I think if you're standing watching the plinth and you're watching these people, you've already got that picture. <laughs> uh, who thought this would have ever happened, though? I mean, I guess it's something that will never happen again, and thank God for that. I like it, though. I do. I think it's really, really good. Well, it's got everyone talking, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know, it's just, I just, uh, I think Anthony Gormley is quite an imaginative guy and he's, I, I went to his exhibition last year and I thought it was brilliant. I don't know if you went, the one where he had all the, you know where there were all the statues standing all around London? Oh, yes. And on on the roofs and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And the ex, the actual exhibition was brilliant. And it had that room that was full of fog. Mm. completely mm. lost in it I love that yeah that was amazing because when you're looking at it from the outside you thought oh god look at all those losers can't find their way out of a tiny box then you went in and tried it for yourself and um, yeah it was actually very difficult 
it was it was really weird as well because yeah like you said from the outside you could see all the people in there and they looked as if they couldn't see what they were doing and you're thinking what's wrong with these people (laughs) see them and then you went in and you couldn't see a thing you suddenly had this total sensory deprivation and then suddenly a face would come at you because people would just like bump into you and this face would come out of the fog and I just found myself kind of um, laughing with people because you'd sort of bump into each other it was just it was really good very wet very cold and wet but it was good so Gary you obviously left out and didn't go to the Anthony Gormley exhibition didn't go okay next time he has one I'll take you excellent I shall look forward to that so I wonder whether James Wharton would have liked to have an hour at the top of the plinth why not who's James Wharton well he's a gay serviceman and has become the first homosexual soldier to appear on the front cover of the armed forces magazine Uh, James is a trooper in the household cavalry regiment and is featured in the monthly soldier publication it's kind of one of those magazines you kind of expect to see on the end of (laughs) have I got news for you isn't it (laughs) (laughs) everyone's gay these days I know I'm gonna it's not special anymore I'm gonna stop it because it's just not cool anymore it's just, it's just <laughs> yeah. oh dear um, anyway there's a couple of pictures of him in, in, in the papers today um, uh, one sitting provocatively on top of a, a tank I don't, oh. I don't think actually it's provocative but you kind of <laughs> got to big it up a bit haven't you um, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that the, um, that the photographers of the army magazine are being influenced by Cher's 1989 if I could turn back time video <laughs> that's yes. good to know so. It does look just like that share video, doesn't uh, uh, it? Boy, I hope he's not wearing the same thing as she was. <laughs> maybe it, may, maybe or, it is. or not wearing, as my dad would say at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and he's also standing to attention, but not like oh, that dear. on the front Stop of the <laughs> on the Stop front it. of the magazine as well. <laughs> and they've nicely highlighted the word pride, which is very sweet. Even shirts can get shot in your friendly army. Well, it's nice that he um, came out to the army when he was 16. I think that's... And had no problems at all. I do think it's actually a rather sweet story. I, I think it's I think it's a great story. And I think also it, it's nice that, you know, his, his fellow... Um, troops um you know look after him and you know they they, they rib him like they do any others uh you know within the troops uh, but for him or just like prince harry maybe yes yes exactly like prince harry although prince harry doesn't get ribbed for going to britney spears and pink concerts yes that made me laugh that they they tease him for going to britney spears concert <laughs> but let's face it anyone deserves that. <laughs> yeah, that's actually got nothing to do with being gay no <laughs> He probably plays that Leave Britney Alone video, Sheldon. <laughs> well, he is he is rather young, so, you know, bless him. Yes. Um, he, he also goes on to say that considering some people have general problems every week, he's not complaining. Uh, he said, I haven't got any personal problems. My problems are like any other soldiers, bombs and bullets. Absolutely. Oh, that's nice. Isn't it? Nice, oh. cheery, cheery perspective on things. Um <laughs> I, I, I guess um, you know when he's getting ribbed um, for going to Britney Spears concerts, he needs something in his life um, to make him feel good. Uh, and uh, I guess Lembic Opic um, oh, might give him a bit of a smile. <laughs> you said ribbed with quite a bit of relish there, Gary. As if it was some sort of weird sex act, we should know. About. 
No, I, I is made. That, is I made I made to do my, with Lippet. I've already made my uh, my comments about provocativeness and standing into attention. I'm done with the double entendre for this week. Just as we come on to Lippet as well. I know. I know. Talk You've about- peaked too soon. <laughs> <laughs> so according to our favourite newspaper, the Daily Mail, he doesn't have millions in the bank, and without being too unkind, the grey frizzy hair, spectacles and squinty smile don't exactly scream pin-up boy. But there is something about Lembit Opic, something that seems to attract attractive women, something that made the Liberal Democrat MP look like the cat that got the cream as he showed off his latest lady to fall under his spell. Yeah, well, you know, Sean Lloyd, go and read the weather. Mm. Oh, bless. <laughs> I haven't read Sean Lloyd's... Um, uh, autobiography. Oh, yeah, she was going to write a big kiss and tell about how awful Lambert was in bed. I thought, I thought she did, didn't she? Did I, I know she said that? she was going to, but I didn't realise that it had actually been published. Oh, uh, yes, it says here it's called A Funny Kind of Love. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she, yes, yeah, she wrote it um, in 2008. Oh, right. Oh, I missed yeah. that one. That's because Dawn French is keeping her off the top of the bestseller yeah. list. Clearly. Well, she, I mean, Sean Lloyd, to be fair to her, has actually managed to sort of meet a nice guy from the sounds of it and get married and things in between so she's she's sort of gotten over uh Lembert, as it were <laughs> yeah uh, but what is it about him you know oh you know I, i'm not going to say the obvious because that'd be crass but um i doubt it somehow well you never know you never know yeah. but um where did he meet this one does the mail tell us, Gary? The mail doesn't actually tell us that. Mm-hmm. And well, is, she, is she a model or a, a dancer or what? She's uh... a bra model. Oh, God. <laughs> she's an underwear model. I suspect he oh, probably dear. met her because she probably uh, wanted to meet him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hang on! It says uh, at, at the they met at a party three months ago. Oh, now, why on earth is she's twenty-one going to the same party as a bra model? Well, maybe it's because he he might have um, uh, it might have been friends he knew through his cheeky girl girlfriend. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So he's gone from fifty one to twenty six to twenty one. Well, yeah. Nice Do you think he's having a midlife crisis? Oh. <laughs> Well, I have to I have to say, looking at his, the way his smile next to that bra model, he doesn't look like he's having any kind of crisis. He's very happy. <laughs> Certainly not a crisis of confidence. No, no. I just always yeah. think he comes across so wet. But then maybe, see, I think guys like that that are slightly inadequate personality-wise often do go for these very young girls, don't they? Because they can't keep up with someone. When you're dating a 21-year-old Speedos model, you know, (laughs) and criticise Lambert Opic. No, people can say what they like about me then. (laughs) If I manage to start dating a 21-year-old Speedo model, I don't care what they say. Well, quite. Yeah. Well, if, you, if, if that happens in the next seven days, we'll happily discuss it and be reading your excerpts from Closer magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Which is apparently where no, the story comes close from. Is, closer will be too classy for me. I'll be going to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> I gave him my heart. He took my furniture. <laughs> <laughs> my favourite take a break headline of all time. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love the one about that woman who married the Maasai warrior when she was 16 oh, and yeah. 21. And, and she kept saying, the Home Office don't understand that it's true love. <laughs> I always like it's interesting. We couldn't speak, you know, he couldn't speak any English and I couldn't speak any Swahili, but somehow it didn't matter. Yes. That was a great article. I got a call when I was back in England, you know. Suddenly his mother was sick and he needed £90,000 to pay for the operation. Of course I sold my house straight away <laughs> and sent him the cheque. I know, they always sell their house, don't they, and give the yeah. money over as well. Oh, you know, then when, when he wouldn't answer my calls, I suspected something might be wrong. See, I shouldn't laugh because I think I'm only a couple of years away from this story. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, dear. <laughs> I love the headline on the current um, episode, um, um, edition of Close to Mag- Magazine. It says, Jordan juggles two men in a week, parties with Cage Fighter, and takes him home for night. Secret dates with male model. Well, not so secret now, Jordan, apparently. <laughs> there you no. go. No. Yeah, poor old Peter Andre. Whoever thought that Peter Andre would end up to be some sort of, you know, tragic romantic figure? Yes, the world has true. gone mad. So. It's very, it's the very, sign. very. But do, do you believe any of that story? The whole Jordan um, Andre thing. I, I just feel it's all just made up. Do you? I, I, I'm just waiting for the big. We're back together again, and we've never been happier. Because it, it, it just seems to me like a news cycle thing. They're gonna, you know, they they, they pedal the happiness thing until people started to lose lose interest. Now they've had this dramatic split only shortly after they're apparently really really happy so at some point surely it's gonna have to be i can't live without peter i can't live without katie oh gary you're a terrible cynic <laughs> you should be it's crying. a beautiful relationship it's yes, a model it's for us sad. all <laughs> uh, no i think um i think you're probably right because i suspect people got sick of that documentary um, about their lives or whatever, and they feel that they get some mileage in it if they can sort of break up and then get back together. I don't know. I don't know. If they were ever together in the first place, <laughs> who knows? Oh, it was such a beautiful wedding. Huh? Such a beautiful wedding. Such a beautiful spread. So that's centre spread in OK Magazine. Yes, that's right. Oh, God. Oh, I don't know. Maybe she'll end up with Lembeck. Yes, Actually, well, that, could you imagine? That'd be great. <laughs> he, sh- he should take his chance because now she's yeah. single. Yeah. He should ditch the bra model and go for her. Yeah, but she's more than 21, right? She True. is. She's a bit old for him. 21. Oh dear. com is our website address. Send us comments on any of the things we've uh, dissected this week. Make sure you agree with us. <laughs> Even though we don't agree with us, but you know. I don't agree with myself most of the time, so yeah. <laughs> let alone you two. <laughs> and I think that will do it for this week. That really feels like another week closer to a whole graveyard. Oh. <laughs> Bye. See you. Bye. Bye. Bye.